Oh my goodness. Well, we're all entitled to our opinions. That's you even are the wrong ones. Even the wrong ones. I mean <laughs> there is only only one of us on this podcast is currently dating a process theist. I just want to throw that out there. I'm not- sure that Ian could convince Beth. She'd probably be like, Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> it makes it makes Ethan mad. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> You would first have to convince, well, yeah, you first have to convince Beth to care long enough about this witchcraft for her to, like, even learn the words. <laughs> Prophet, preacher, sermon, leader, actor, reverend, deacon, elder, what the hell is a pastor? Oh, my. So, the Bible. So, the Bible. So, Joe, um... Why Why do you, and maybe you don't, but why do you think the Bible has authority? Why should we care? Because Jesus said it, and I believe it. Great. Thank you, everybody. This is Spanx Reebok and the dude <laughs> for another um, episode. <laughs> that's, that's actually a really great question. Why do I think the Bible has authority? And if I am not at answering it for my ordination paperwork... Uh, then I don't have to say that it has authority. So let me consider that possibility for a minute. Does the Bible have authority? Yes. So the reason I think that the Bible has authority is that I believe that it contains um, profound truths about how humans have interacted with God and how humans have grown in their understanding of God and the ways in which God chooses to share God's self with us. I think that the Bible has a lot of fantastic stories and some good theological discourses that help us to understand God more fully. I think that God has revealed God's self in the Bible and that that is why it has authority over us. Now, that does not mean that every word in the Bible is authoritative uh, because it is a it is full of stories of people trying to understand God better. And that means that they have misunderstood God in the past. And so yeah. I don't need to say that uh, the book of Joshua is authoritative for me. I understand why a civilization in exile needs that story of um, the power of God's love to accomplish what God sets out to do, even if it means genocide. But I don't need that story. And I um, think that we need to realize the larger moral imagination of that story and critique it. Uh, And that's how you know I went to seminary. Um, (laughs) But also, like, my embedded belief is that the Bible is important because I grew up in a church in the Bible Belt. Um, And... It never in my entire life occurred to me that the Bible might be irrelevant because I was shaped and formed by people who believe very deeply in the importance and relevance of the Bible and were willing to kind of negotiate on the grosser parts of the Bible, but believe that the Bible had uh, perpetual truths that we could get out of it even today. And so you couldn't just set the Bible aside. The Bible needs to be a fundamental part of your Christian journey, which John Wesley also thought. And we've all talked about how we love J-dubs. Um, 
I, but I have, I have found a theological need to address the, what the Bible says on any given topic. And Ian does not. <laughs> and we'll be having conversations about, you know, dumb theological stuff. Um, and I'll be like, but it's here. It's in this story. We have to talk about this. And he's like, no, we don't. And it's, it's whatever. And I'm like, then how do you have a belief system based at all? It's just on the shifting sands of culture and you need to build your understanding of God on the solid rock that is the Bible. And that's how I know that I am Southern. So, <laughs> Glory, glory, hallelujah. Right. Yes, uh -huh. I'm with you. <laughs> so it's, I... I, my struggle is not um, to make the Bible relevant again. My struggle is to um, knock the Bible off the pedestal that we put it on, even though, and this is true, I literally put our Bible on a pedestal. Oh. When I got to this church because it was on the it was on the lectern and nobody could see it except for the people who were reading the scripture. And so I was doing the sermon series about the different symbols that were in worship. And I got to the word and I was like, we have this honking big King James version of the Bible. And the only people who get to look at it are the people at the lectern, like at the very least, let's put it somewhere so that like other people can come and look at scripture. And so it does not feel like scripture is reserved for the person behind the, the lectern. And I. Uh, but in doing that, I put it on a, on a pedestal. I had I had a congregation member make a pedestal to put it on. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah, it, it, he was excited to do it. I well, you know, that's good, I guess. <laughs> so I now that now that I've laid all of my embarrassing biblical cards on the table, does the Bible have authority for you? And if so, what and how and why? Hmm. I'm a, a, a kind of a funny mixture of you and Ian, I think, um, mixed with a couple other things. So the short answer is yes. I think that the Bible does have authority. I think it matters, uh, what the Bible says. And I think it matters, um, uh, what's in it and, and, and all of that. I think what matters more, how about I put it like that? I think what matters more, is our interpretation and the, the kind of reception of what it says. Because, um, you know, I, um, I think I probably am like Ian in that sometimes I, I really just don't care that the Bible says that, that X thing. Like it doesn't really bother me in, in certain cases. Like, I often talk about how the Bible should disturb us, and I think it should. I think that it should certainly disturb us. But I think that what I really mean when I say that is it should uh, um, surprise us with how um, how much it is not like our lives and our culture um, to help us see uh, two things. One, to help us not assume that we are living biblically because I don't really know what any of that means uh, because that just creates a lot of problems. Like it creates kind of really, uh, you know, exclusive groups. And we begin to say things like well, we're living biblically, but they are not, you know, and, and that's all, that's all absurd. Yeah. I, um, here's the thing is you like to say things like, they talk about the Roman road of salvation and I don't know what that, that means. And we talk about living biblically and, and I don't know what that means. You fucking do. 
Right? We all live in this American culture that has been presented with the evangelical ideas of all these things. We know what they mean. Is that actually in the Bible and the way they say it's in the Bible? That's real debatable. But like, don't pretend like you don't know what the other side of the argument is. And don't pretend like they don't have an argument. Oh, I... I'm going to push back hard on you because I do not know what the Roman road of salvation is. I I don't. (laughs) I have no idea what it is. I think it probably has something to do with for all have fallen short of something such, but I don't give a shit. You know, like, like I, I don't, I've never been told what the Romans road of salvation was. I never walked it. I I don't know its paths. Well, um, so I'll start (laughs) with that. Uh, second of all, um, who are you t- who are you? I'm not yelling at you of course but like who are we asking I follow a bunch of uh, uh independent fundamentalist baptist church uh, uh preachers on facebook because they are hysterical um and and they are and very scary at times and one of them to one of them on a video said that we are a biblical people that's why that's why women uh only wear long skirts because anybody who wears pants is a pagan what? Like, 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 but that person says they're living biblically. My mom just read Francis Chan's book on James and Francis Chan <laughs> also claims to be living biblically. I don't know what either of those two people mean. Okay. But, That's but I don't, I don't know what they mean. Like freaking Mike Pence and, and, uh, oh, and God, yeah. Donald Trump talk about living biblically. What does that mean? What are they talking about? I don't, I don't know what any of that means. I don't even think biblical people live biblically. So <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think that's true, too. <laughs> so but, you really don't have right because you only had small encounters with evangelicalism. So you don't have a picture ingrained in your mind of what it means to live biblically. And you I don't mean, have the evangelical like other side of that of what it means to live biblically. Like you have not had to wade into those waters. Not too much. Like, like I suppose I have a sense of what it might mean for a fundamentalist Baptist church person to live. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I understand that. I, I haven't, I have a sense of what it might mean for an evangelical to be an evangelical. I've been, I was around a ton of evangelicals, even if I myself was not one of them. I know that it has something to do with saying Father God 80 million times when you pray. <laughs> I know, it has, I know it has something to do with, with not putting a penis in a vagina, but putting a penis in a mouth, <laughs> because uh, I know uh, it has something to, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know it has something to do with, um, I don't know, uh, uh, kissing, dating goodbye or, or some garbage like that. You know, but, but like, I don't know, I don't really understand the rest of it. Not really. Right. Because the rest of it is a social construct that's like loosely based on their ideas in the Bible on both sides. And I don't mean to be an odd, like both sides person, but like, I honestly, we were in Sunday school and we were talking about like the authority of scripture for our lives because why not? Um, And I was like, you know, I mean, none of us are living biblically with the exception of this one person. And the person that I, I pointed to is somebody who has literally sold everything she has and invested it into making a thrift shop that supports our food pantry. And she only takes out of that, like what she needs to survive. And she like 
she is the only person at that table who has followed a lot of the commandments of Christ, like very literally, right? And has chosen poverty and has chosen to give everything she has to help other people and is faithful in being a part of Christian community and is like always striving to be in relationship with God, which is, an, that's another phrase that's not necessarily biblical. But like, like she's the only one. The rest of us are all over here with our pensions trying to figure out how to like game the system and still be Christian. So like. Sure, true that, man. And I gladly do it. I gladly. <laughs> exactly. I sleep, I sleep terribly at night, but not because of that. It's because I have a kid. Um, <laughs> um, uh, but you have not described living biblically. All, all what you've described, I shouldn't say all with it. From my perspective, what you have described is just following the gospel. That's not biblical, though. Like King David lived biblically because he literally lived biblically. Right. Right. <laughs> right, right. Like, like I, I don't. Th- I think that's really kind of what I'm getting at. So, like, um, okay. And and I'm not trying to do this as a thought experiment. Like, like this is really what I think and what I I really struggle to understand. I don't understand uh, when somebody says we just need to live biblically, and they really mean that. Like, they mean what they say. I I I really struggle with like figuring out what they mean. Like, like I'm like mm, right. I'm not. I'm not sure I get it. What are you telling me to live according to like the Acts 2 community? Is that what you're pointing out? Are you um, saying that we need to live like the disciples and like go into monastic communities, I guess, at this point? That's that's what that looks like today. Are you saying that we need to um, incorporate all of the teachings of Proverbs into our everyday life and that's what being biblical is? I, I see that you're the problem with the definition is that the Bible does not give you a single way of living biblically. And right. I know when each of these people are pulling and are using the word biblical, they're pulling from different places in the Bible to describe what they mean by a biblical life. But you do not know what they're pulling on. You can guess at what their perspective is going to be, but you don't know for yourself exactly what those things are, because it's not like the Bible is consistent with itself. Well, right. So like if Jim Duggar was talking to me from, you know, the, the, you know, those 19 kids and counting show people that have fallen from grace. If Jim Duggar was like, we're just trying to live biblically, I, I could probably guess what he means. Like he's, you know, but it probably doesn't have a ton to do with the Sermon on the Mount, you know, <laughs> like not, not a ton. Right. It's much more be fruitful right. and multiply. Right, right. Not love no, I'm sure Jim Duggar is a lovely man. I've never met him. But, but, or he's not. Maybe he's a terrible guy. I don't know. <laughs> Who cares? But, but like, but you see what I'm saying. Um, one of the things that I believe about the Bible. So let's let's try to go back to answering the question. One of the things I believe is authoritative about the Bible is that I think that the Scripture, uh, the Bible. Has, has sort of has two functions. On one hand, um, it is a testimony, however flawed, to uh, the things that God has really done concretely in life, you know, in human life, in the life of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I say however flawed because I would say that that function of the Bible is what I would what I would say is a is sort of like the flawed kind of fallen element of the Bible. We're we're now going into a really theological way of thinking about it, but this is what I think. And so like um 
when somebody says, what does the Bible say? Um, they often mean, what does God say? Right? Like that's really what they're trying to say. Right. What, what is the right thing to do? What, what does God say? But that, but the Bible, but that's not what the Bible is. That, that's, that's, we talked about this when we talked about process in a mini episode a couple months ago. Um, uh, because I am not a biblical literalist, because I don't necessarily care all that much about what the literal words of the Bible are saying. I, I don't really see, uh, any reason to be upset when Amos, when in the book of Amos, God changes his mind and is in process. But you know what I mean? Like, I just go, well, who cares? You know, who cares if that's what that says? That doesn't actually, to me, um, oh gosh, uh, 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 fully reveal the life of God or, or whatever. All what that is, is a testimony to um, however flawed to the stuff that God does in the world, you know, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and, that, and that testimony progresses or, or maybe not in a straight line, certainly not in a straight line, because I don't believe that human progress is in a straight line, uh, mm-hmm. but it changes and progresses and that testimony adjusts and, and stuff like that. What I do think, I think the other function of the Bible, uh, the other, um, a thing that makes the Bible authoritative is that the Bible is um, used is 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 the the text that God uses to to reveal deeper truths or deeper things than what the text says. Mm. So what I mean by that, this is what I mean when I talk about what is our interpretation. I uh, tend to fall on uh and and lean on the interpretive traditions of the church in general right um and, and what that means to me is the historic tradition of the church maybe of the patristic tradition i take very seriously as seriously as i can all uh kind of interpretive traditions of the church catholic <laughs> right like mm-hmm. this is I take very seriously um, the the history of interpretation from the African American community and from the colonial African community and from queer folks and women and 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 all kinds of people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Folks who are in good faith a part of the church. I trust in their uh, interpretive framework. I do. Uh, and and what often that means is. Um, now, it doesn't mean I trust in every, it doesn't mean that I think everybody's is correct. That's not what I'm saying. But I trust that, that God is working through that tradition of interpretation to teach us deeper truths. This is one of the reasons why, even though, um, uh, Genesis one through three is not about sin and the devil at all from a literary perspective. It is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, but I, but I subscribe to it. I believe that it is. I, I believe in the, in the tradition of the fall. I do. I believe in that. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me that it's not in the Bible. (laughs) That doesn't bother me at all. It doesn't bother me that, that, uh, Adam and Eve are, are not talking to a character named the devil. That doesn't bother me. Uh, it, it doesn't have to be there for me to believe that it is there. You know, because uh, I don't rely 
what is authoritative about the Bible is not its written words necessarily, but the tradition yeah. that teaches it. Yeah. Um, and I, one thing I just want to jump in with, it, like, as we are going into this season of Lent and then, like, getting to Passover and, and having people wanting to do Christian satyrs as if that was a real thing, as if Jesus, Jesus did an actual satyr when the ritual was going to be developed later, that um, we, like... As Christians, we have a lot of anti-Semitism in, in our New Testament, and we often disregard the previous Testament as if it is lesser because it is Jesus, the God is more fully revealed in the Christian scriptures, uh, that are, that are just Christian instead of what we borrow from the Jewish tradition. And so I think that we need to be careful to say that, um, these scriptures are authoritative in these ways for us. And we have found this tradition that has come through these scriptures this way for us. But there is also a beautiful and glorious and God revealing tradition in the, the thousands of years of development in the Jewish tradition since Judaism and Christianity split. And that I think that God is still being revealed in what those rabbis are saying. And, and in all of that, thought that is still occurring in the Jewish tradition. And so like we as Christians don't say that the Bible is the only source of, damn it, it's the doorbell. I'll be right back. 